My name is Ali. I'm a doctor turned YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist turned startup founder. We're two brothers living in London, and you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we talk about life, happiness, and the human condition. Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well. Coming back from dinner with some some friends. What kind of friends? Internet friends, I think. Internet friends. Wow, yeah, I think we, we connected over email a very long time ago. I think early days were causal. I think this uh, this guy came across causal uh, in the early days, and then like we'd connect over email. And then he was in London like last year or something. We just missed each other. And then when I was in New York a few months ago, then we did actually manage to hang out. And then he was back in London for a bit. And now we got dinner uh, with with the wives. <laughs> with the wives. With the wives. It was like a, a double date. Double date, mate. Exactly. Oh, nice. Uh, I went on a double date yesterday. It's quite. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've here's the thing. Here's the thing about double dates. Yeah, what do you reckon? I think I'm like I'm like getting used to the I'm getting used to the concept, but I definitely in the early days I found it like really cringe. Why was a double date cringe? It, I find it less cringe now. But well, it's just because you're married. <laughs> no, I think just I think just because I've been on like a bunch, but I think it's just you've been bit, on a bunch of double dates. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you just see a couple having for, having like dinner with another couple. That's what I mean mm, by double date. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, oh yeah we were hanging out with some friends <laughs> we were hanging out with some friends yesterday and uh this friend is from uh uh from the the ea community right ea as Effect, in the effective altruism community effective altruism and um you know there's a lot of overlap between like the effective altruism community and like tech people tech bros bay area all this kind of stuff to the extent <laughs> to the extent that we said i think we i think we we told her yesterday we're getting like a double date tomorrow or something and uh she was initially like uh, like her instinctive reaction was just like kind of like shocked like like shocked and not in a great way <laughs> and then she was like oh yeah i keep having i keep having to remind myself but that a double date is not when a man goes on a date with two women <laughs> Because of the whole like polyamory thing, yeah, <laughs> in certain communities, <laughs> double date. assumed the double date was double date. It was like guy going on a like well, so one when, person going. When, you, when you said that you and Lucia were going on a double date, yeah, her <laughs> yeah. initial reaction was like, um, okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She didn't know. sounds like she was quite judgmental about this. Didn't know about this uh, any side chicks. Um, no, I thought I thought that was a funny little tidbit, but yeah, that's good. Had a couple's dinner this evening. Excellent. Which was nice, yeah. yeah. How about you? What have I been doing today? We, we wrapped up our cohort six of the part-time YouTuber Academy. Oh, yeah. So was if anyone, it a good cohort? Yeah, I think it was a pretty solid cohort. So if anyone if anyone fancies uh, joining the waiting list for the next one, that'll be in like November time or something Are like you that. seeing any trends in like the up-and-coming wannabe creators over the past six cohorts? Six uh, cohorts yes. is like, is that two years or three years? It's, it's almost two years, yeah. Yes. Um, the ones that succeed are the ones that stay consistent. Uh, okay. Very few people actually stay consistent. Even, uh, even after they shell out the money for the course. Oh god, yeah. Even after they really like, especially after they shell what's, out the money. What's the rate of like consistent uploading post course? Oh, so we're actually going to dig into that data like in the next few months. Um, anecdotally, I would, I would be surprised if twenty percent of our intake actually stayed. In fact, I would be surprised if five percent of our intake stayed consistent. Five percent. I would be. Yeah, I'd be surprised if one in twenty people. So we've had about two thousand three hundred people through the cohort. Yeah. I would be surprised if more than one hundred actually were consistent. Have, have stayed consistent since taking the cohort. And at the start of the course, like how many? If you asked everyone a question along these lines, like how many people would say like like for how many people is this course like a speculative thing of like 
oh yeah, let's just check it out. And for how many people is it like going into the course, they're like, I know I want to do this. I want to like... Yeah, so when we pull people at the start, we ask people, you know, on a, on a, uh, you know, how, how many of you have a casual relationship with YouTube and how many of you have a serious relationship with YouTube? All of them say serious relationship, 100%, basically. We then ask, um, on the scale of zero to 10, where zero is I'm treating YouTube as a hobby and 10 is I'm treating YouTube as a business, yeah. what number are you? Yeah. Basically, everyone says 10 and we have a few people that are sort of somewhere in the five to nine range. And so I think everyone goes into the course thinking that I want to take YouTube seriously and I want to treat it like a business. Yeah. And then reality hits them in the face when they realize actually publishing a video a week is is actually quite hard mm. and it's not a an easy thing to do. And especially the people who are complete beginners who um some of them like thrive but some of them kind of die realizing actually speaking to a camera is kind of hard and I have to think about camera gear and production value and like editing and it's just a very steep learning curve. Yeah. And the people that are not like immediately very tech savvy or the people that are not like, hell yeah, I want to learn something new. I find tend and, and also the people that are uh, overthinkers or very anxious types or get in their heads a lot. There's so many barriers that stop people from putting themselves out there on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, sure. And sure. then once they've made that first video, there are so many that stop them from, from staying consistent. Yeah. So like, I really can't can't blame people for for not being consistent with it. Yeah. It's, it's like with with Peloton. There's that that thing of like most people that buy a Peloton don't even unbox it. <laughs> oh wait, is that a thing? Uh, I don't know if it's a apocryphal or if it's oh, like okay, actually yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of people buy products like this as a vote for the sort of person that they yeah, want to be. Yeah, yeah, That's like me with than... iPads. Every iPad I've ever bought yes. has been a vote yeah. for the person I want to be. I want to be the sort of writer that writes on an iPad when I'm on a train kind of vibe. Yeah, if, yeah. If that your, yeah, your jam. my writing device. Yeah, I'll just write every morning. I'll do exactly. my iPad journal. And then it gathers dust. Yeah, mate. Haven't touched it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay. We... I, what? what I, yeah. Are the niches changing that people want to like go into? Like two years ago, was it all about like freaking Rome and Notion and now it's about like I don't know not no taking ads like what's the yeah I would say more than half the cohort wants to be a self-help guru really yeah um, because it's it's just generally applicable like ev- yeah, everyone exactly. like- everything every industry trends towards self-help guru eventually <laughs> right yeah broadly like yeah. <laughs> you know uh, re- realistically there are very few people that are actually going succeed to succeed as self-help gurus because it's such a crowded space but we've seen um you know, someone succeed like really well in the realm of like uh, fashion and b- sort of fashion advice for different body styles and analyzing like, hey, let's analyze what Kate Moss wore at this event and, and stuff. So she's done super well. We've got a chap called John Coogan, in fact, who is the founder of Soylent, mm. um, who sold Soylent and then decided to become a YouTuber. Oh, he cool. does like startup analyses, but here's what's happening in the Zucks metaverse. Here's what's happening. Here's okay. why this startup failed. Why, and it's his, his stuff is sick, Yeah, but he's got a whole team behind it. Editing production values. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. on point. Yeah. Um, he must be stupidly rich as well because he sold Soylent. Yeah. Um, so he has the money to throw at the problem. And we've had a few other people who've like succeeded. Um, you know, a couple of personal finance type people. Yeah. We had a good chap called Matt who was, was trying to be sort of the personal finance guy in the UK because it's actually a fairly untapped market in the UK. Mm. So he's been very consistent for the last two years making videos about buying and flipping houses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So people in those sorts of niches where they have a little bit of an unfair advantage or are inherently interested in the topic. Yeah. And their videos are... Not meta-level topics, but like... Yeah, not like topic. meta-level topics about here's how you be productive. Yeah. Because like realistically, it's, it's really hard for people to succeed in that space. Yeah. Um, but everyone still wants to, and yeah. people are always like, and and it it's it's always going to happen, right? Like the the sorts of people that vibe with my stuff, yeah, are the sorts of people that are interested in productivity and self help yeah, yeah, and like yeah. tech and like and they're like, hey, so what what we we do an, an exercise in week one of the course trying to figure out what your niche is, 
It's like one of the exercises, like, you know, what are, what, what are all the things you're passionate about? Yeah. And a lot of people list fairly overlapping things yeah. just by virtue of the fact that that's yeah, what Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's really hard to succeed as a productivity YouTuber these days. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I really, I really, really, would, really honestly would not recommend it unless you have so many unfair advantages stacked up that you can feasibly yeah. compete in that market. Yeah. So, but it's fun to do. Mm. And this time around was only five weeks rather than six weeks. And it just made, made such a huge difference. Yeah. That, you know, sh sh shortening it by a week. I'm just thinking, like, maybe there's different formats you could do here. I I'm just imagining, like, this the cohort all arrives. They all want to be productivity gurus. I mean, you, you could do something like, <laughs> like, like The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Like, this 30 wannabe productivity YouTubers. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's the best them. productivity. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, they get good. voted off. Yeah. How yeah. would you explain Parkinson's law? <laughs> Go. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your typing speed? <laughs> Those sorts of challenges. Yeah. What's chapter number four of <laughs> the four-hour work week? Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the five steps in getting things done. <laughs> yeah. One of the seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to answer that. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I actually had a great podcast with uh, Cal Newport. Oh, yeah. Today. Oh, nice. He was on your pod. He was on my pod, nice, yes, man. Yeah, mate. Cal Newport's a big, big name in the world. Yeah. Uh, we kind of spent the first half an hour of the conversation just me being very self-indulgent. Because, like... Basically, just asking him what his career and life is he's like. He's a deep work guy, right? He's a deep work guy, yeah. yeah. Because when I've, well, in the past when was I've been thinking... Was it remote or IRL? No, it was, it was remote, sadly, but oh. reasonable. Um, in the past when I've been thinking about what, what I want to do with my life, I always think about Cal Newport as being like the guy who seems to have cracked the code. Okay. In that he is, you know, computer science professor at like Georgetown University, a tenured professor. Is he? Cetera, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's like he's that. like a proper like you know he, I think okay. he he did his PhD from like MIT where in like maths or something where he his job was to write proofs nice. and stuff and then that's as he was doing then as he was at university he uh, started doing blog posts about like effective studying evidence based kind of stuff yeah, yeah. he's written seven books so far I see the New York Times bestseller you know, he's he's done all of the yeah. things that you're supposed to do right and is now getting into like doing a podcast and stuff hmm. and writes for the New Yorker and the New York Times and the Guardian and has has all of the hmm. has all of the traditional old world prestige credentials yeah while also being a kind of internet influencer i guess okay um but does he have a blog he posts on his blog and stuff yeah his blog is studyhacks.com has been a thing since like 2007 studyhacks.com yeah he was he was like the og study tips guy wow um giving like how old is study this tips. Huh? how old is this guy he's like 40 okay yeah he started he started like at the age of 21 when he was at university yeah um but his career always seemed to me to be like pretty ideal because He's like, you know, tenured professor and does this teaching stuff. And then on the side, he writes the books and does the blog posts and things. Yeah. Uh, that always felt to me like that feels like a pretty solid place to be. Yeah. And so I was basically just sort of quizzing him about what that is like. Like he and I have fairly, fairly similar experiences in, in that we were both in, we are both in, well, I was, he, he is in a traditional kind of prestigious field. Right. In his case, academia, in my case, medicine. Yeah. And found this sort of side hustle career as like a writer slash content creator in the world of productivity. Yeah. <laughs> and being being and then became known as like productivity guru somewhat accidentally through right. giving study tips. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. And then both of us were sort of d discussing how it felt to grapple with that decision of to what extent do yeah. I do the thing that I'm truly passionate about, which is teaching and writing and reading about cool ideas. Yeah. Versus doing the thing that actually has elements of prestige associated with it, i.e. Yeah. being a doctor and being a professor. Right. And he was talking about how, you know, other sort of people in, and I guess his sort of genre, like Ryan Holiday and the Mark Mansons of the world, mm. even though they've sold millions and millions of copies, like yeah. the, the, the New Yorker or the New York Times won't, won't even take a phone call from them because they don't have any markers of prestige. Uh, okay, right. Whereas 
Cal Newport writes in the New Yorker all the time. Yeah. And he said as soon as he started leaning into his academic credentials, suddenly he started getting oh, all these really? like opportunities at like New York Times and NPR and The Guardian and yeah. all these people that actually care about credentials. Ah, really and so yeah. it's a bit of a he was he was saying that it, it's it he's it was kind of like it was it's an easier decision for me because medicine is so removed from the thing that I was doing. Yeah. Whereas for him, the stuff that he now researches. A lot of it is about as like sort of the harmful effects of technology and stuff. Okay, sure, yeah. Which is the same as the stuff he writes about. Yeah. And so the two are sort of intertwined. And so we were we were talking a lot about like okay. how you figure out this balance between the life you want to live yourself versus the social social status, prestige, yeah. acquisition of accolades kind of vibe. Right. That's great stuff. I feel like you you often talk about this thing, but like being a YouTuber and being a content creator is highly prestigious nowadays. Oh, it's it's really not. What? If you, I mean, if you, if you, if you ask kids, it is, yeah, but okay. it's, it's, it's absolutely not from like an old world elite prestigious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not so from that, the old world. Yeah, so that's what. I mean. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although he was saying that he, you know, at a party, if someone asks what you do and you say you're a writer, that's more high status than being a professor, because writer implies a lot of freedom. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, so wait, if you're if you're making a living from doing that, then he must be interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was a good chat. Nice. Yeah. It's a pretty good day all around. PTYA Court 6 wrapped up. Podcast with Cal Newport. Did some writing this morning. Had a haircut. Oh yeah, life is just generally generally pretty reasonable. Excellent. Yeah. I think that's a pod. That's it. Right. <laughs> um, I, have been, I have been listening to an absolutely fantastic audiobook. Mm. It's called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Mickey someone. The Surrender yeah, Experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it, Joe Chap was also written, I think his his more well-known book is called The Untethered Soul. Oh, which I, is think a title I, I think I've also this, yeah. Mate, <laughs> enjoy. sounds great, bro. Yeah, mate, this guy's sick. Yeah. Uh, I'm only like halfway through the book right now. So it's like, but so so the, the Untethered Soul, I think is one of these like spiritual power of now Eckhart Tolle type books. Okay, yeah. Uh, but um, the, un, the no, what was this one? Uh, the Surrender Experiment yeah. is basically his life story. Okay. And his whole like at the, at the age of 23 he was like doing the, uh, his economics degree or something like that yeah and he tells a story of one one day he was sitting next to his uh brother-in-law or something and he found himself he found that there was a silence and there was an awkward silence and he was like thinking huh what do i say next to kind of yeah. break this awkward silence yeah and then he realized in that moment that wait a minute like if i'm thinking what do i say next yeah then who is doing the thinking like where there's this voice in my head that's like yeah yeah, yeah sure, sure sure yeah trying to figure out what to yeah, say next yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. what the hell where, where the hell is that voice coming from yeah yeah and so the whole book is basically and his whole life at that point is like but just becoming obsessed with figuring out the answer to this question of what the hell is this voice and where is it coming from yeah, yeah. and that takes no, him down the realm of like zen buddhism it takes him into sort of eastern philosophy into yoga into meditation yeah. into yeah. kind of and it is just a freaking incredible story really? where it's like every single chapter of my i would just like Oh my god! Really? And it's like, like he, oh my god, just because it's a mental story, because there's some like life insight or something. Oh, man, uh, mostly because it's a mental story, but also because like some of the experiences that he that he has, like his his whole thing was basically he decided, you know, after after a couple of years of doing the meditation stuff, that he was going to do an experiment where he just surrendered to the flow of life. Yeah, and he's not like trying to you know there's that adage in zen buddhism that if you try to aim you're gonna miss yeah or something like that yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's not gonna he's just, he's just gonna yeah, surrender mate. to the flow of life he's just gonna mate. live in the woods he like lived in a van for like a year and a half just like chilling and meditating and would just sort of let the flow of life take him yeah. and he's and he's and he where he made a rule for himself that he has to surrender yeah and he has to basically say yes to opportunities that come his way and things okay um 
and broadly just like the sequence of random coincidences that happens he en- ends up becoming ceo of like a billion dollar medical software company right and he's he's just like every, at every step is just flabbergasted as to how life is going and he's well you know like this is happening to me I've, i have to surrender yeah, yeah while at the same time keeping up his spiritual practices ends up yeah. like living like leading this sort of temple spiritual community Mate. and meeting all these like yoga masters from india who are visiting i think he's yeah. in like florida or something yeah and, the, and some of the experiences that he recounts when he vis- when when being visited by these yoga masters it's like one of them sort of touches his forehead in the spot that he feels like yeah this the idea of the third eye which yeah, is yeah, spirituality. Yeah, 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 yeah and he feels this like freaking like incredible sense of like being pulled out of his body like he's yeah. in a tornado and the guy touches him again and the feeling completely goes away yeah and he's just like bloody hell wow. what the hell just happened that's sick um and it's just it's just sick um so part of me was like as i was listening to this was like come on this must be bs but another part like the bigger part of me was like no this is really this is clearly yeah. not like there's definitely something here yeah all this man. kind of stuff yeah and the fact that like these yoga masters have yeah. been a thing for like thousands and thousands of years yeah there's like something there yeah and yeah, it's like yeah. makes me really keen to want to explore that kind of yeah, area dude, I, I was thinking so i i bought this book after you tweeted about it like yeah. today or something i like bought the audiobook i started listening to it i, I haven't gone through much of it and yeah, I think as I started listening to it, I was thinking like, man, I really want to meet someone who's like up the spiritual path. Because I think basically, and like I I have friends who've like, you know, personally met people who are like up the spiritual path. And the general the general consensus seems to be like that there is like you can't really describe it, but you do you do feel it. <laughs> yeah, like when, exactly. When you're in their presence, like you do feel this thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. He describes this a lot in the book. And this and this yeah. this is across. You know, there's many paths up the mountain, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is across. You know, whether you, like yeah, there's many paths to God or whatever you want to call it. Um, but like people do consistently seem to have this experience of like, if you meet the like the sage the of Dalai whatever Dalai. Yeah. discipline tradition you know whatever like spiritual path if you meet one of these sages on any of these paths like there is something special there mm. yeah so yeah i was thinking like man i want to go to india and meet like some, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like the some yogis and stuff yeah yeah, yeah i mean it's, it's insane yeah so i want to like i I've, I've i've sort of been sort of dipping my toes into like we, we had an episode about kapil gupta's stuff we had an episode um, where we talked about some of the sort of, I think some of the highlights that I did from the power of now. And it's like, I feel like I'm sort of slowly dipping my toes into this sort of spiritual waters yeah, yeah, as yeah. it were, but yeah. Um, keen to try things like, you know, meditation retreat or like potentially even the psychedelic stuff at some point. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Sam Harris episode, uh, and he was talking about, you know, like a lot of people say with psychedelics, it's like sort of getting helicopter to the top of the mountain. Right. And then you like even though that experience doesn't last generally yeah. you've had a glimpse you've had a glimpse and now you know okay that's uh, a destination yeah, i'm trying to get yeah, to yeah, and yeah. okay cool what's the path basically yeah. the answer is meditation or right, or, yeah. or, or yeah some the, kind of, spirit some practice, kind of yeah. yeah it's just sick it's just like yeah i feel like there's this whole like plane of life that i've just never experienced yeah yeah and i think even maybe a year ago if someone had told me like the word spirituality i'd have been like yeah like, be, I, I used to come across the word spirituality and I just didn't really know what it like what the, what yeah, the hell I are people talking teenager, about I just yeah yeah just like what the hell is this it's shit it's like yeah it was like but, woo yeah mate when, the, some, when some, the serious stuff I've been recommending this book to everyone I meet mate when the student <laughs> is ready the master appears exactly mate yeah so yeah, Kapil Gupta's yeah. listening to this <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
if, for those of you not in the know, this <laughs> do you want to explain the <laughs> For those of you not in the know, um, there's a chap called Kapil Gupta, MD. MD. MD, yeah, who uh, is one of these like spiritual master guru type people. Um, although he might not allegedly, allegedly, yeah. Or, although, although he might not um, self-identify as such. Apologies, Kapil, if you're listening to this. I mean, uh, Doctor Gupta. Uh, so he's written these two books, and he's like apparently Naval Ravikant's like guru. Yeah, and but he's allegedly. a guru to like lots of like very high-performing types. And stuff, yeah, apparently. Um, apparently, and so he's written these two books. One is called A Master's Secret Whispers, and another one is called uh, uh, Atma Moon, um, which is like reference to some uh, Himalayan. Eastern Himalayan tradition of like spiritual, spiritually enlightened people. And he's written these two like very fairly accessible books that are very short that are all about this sort of spiritual journey type stuff. And I tweeted, uh, I tagged him in a tweet um, when I started reading one of his books, being like, just started reading A Master's Secret Whispers, can't wait to get into it. And he replied, you know, the master himself replied to my tweet saying, you are probably not ready for this book. <laughs> and ready was with a capital R. <laughs> And he, I mean, in fairness, he's probably right. <laughs> to but. this day, that remains the the coldest <laughs> tweet I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> just got absolutely destroyed it's by so this. So mean. <laughs> absolutely destroyed by this spiritual spiritual guru. Yeah. So, what can you do? Oh. Um, happily, if you listen to this, we'd love to have you on the pod. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah. Oh. Okay. So the surrender, the surrender experiment. Yes. Yeah, I'll get through it. I'll get through it yeah, in the next few days. Yeah. I've got like five hours of driving tomorrow, so I can't wait to finish it and then also start reading the listening to The Untethered Soul. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this guy's legit. So I think I, like the, the the cool thing about this, so this was recommended to me by one of my startup bro friends, uh, Dan, who founded Heights. And Dan was like, because he, he recommended The Power of Now as well. And he, 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 he said to me that I might vibe better with um, Surrender Experiment because, and I, I, I he, he didn't quite say this, but I feel like, the image I've had of, of all these spiritual guru type people is that they're sort of hermits who live in the woods. And to then see someone who, for example, became a CEO of a billion dollar company yeah. makes it like, oh, okay, this is actually not just a hermit in the wood type yeah, thing. Yeah, this yeah. is actually a thing that like... You can live in the world. and People who are living in the world are also yeah. like doing. Yeah. And the Surrender Experiment kind of talks about that story and it's sick. This is really good. So does he like... I mean, at the end of this, like, would you feel inspired to start meditation? Like yeah probably that's kind of the vibe yeah probably okay. yeah um or at, at least to kind of explore this this area more and yeah. there, was, there was part of me that was kind of thinking you know in a very worldly way like you know i've i've had my like study arc i've had my medical arc i've had yeah. my productivity arc yeah i'm approaching the um sort of being a creator and entrepreneur yeah. stuff uh, I, f I feel like there's Neither there's spiritual a spirituality arc, yeah, arc yeah, somewhere yeah. in there of like kind of abandoning the pursuit of worldly yeah. fame Dunya. and prestige yeah. <laughs> and stuff and yeah. uh, becoming a, a chap who does the spiritual stuff, yeah. but then kind of talks about the spiritual stuff and tries to explain it to people who were like me, the okay. people who have not yet seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen with a capital S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then once I've seen and I can become a, yeah. And the, you know that's in the back of my mind is like it, it would be kind of funny that if <laughs> that, that is that would be a funny if yeah, that's that the sort of funny pivot yeah. that's the final evolution <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of Ali Abdul Limited <laughs> yeah <laughs> where then I can then sort of have cold replies to people to, to people's tweets yeah when they start reading my books and we're right, like exactly. nah mate stop with the productivity one yeah. I, don't think, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think you're ready for the yeah. the spiritual mountain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the journey to the top yeah, do my course then you'll be ready <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Once your LTV has exceeded $2,500 at that point, you'll yeah. be ready. 
<laughs> I think that'd be interesting, man. Yeah. But like, so I, I feel like over the past six months, you've probably been like dipping your toe into the, you know, yeah. the... The Kool-Aid, yeah. Yeah, the the spiritual dimension, if you want to call it that. Has it like, has it prompted you to start doing anything or is it, yeah, like what's the development so far? All right. So spiritual development so far. Um, <laughs> that can be the title for the book, uh, The Shadow Realm. <laughs> um, so you get a reference uh, yeah. for those of you who don't know about that one. So development so far, I mean, I've kind of, I dabbled with about 15 days worth of Sam Harris's waking up, app, but I didn't, I didn't really fully get through it. I didn't really particularly vibe with it. Um, right. I, it's it's mostly been a lot of reading and not a lot of actually doing the practice. Although my personal trainer Dean is big on the meditation thing. Yeah. Um. I mentioned he, we we were vaguely talking about. It. He was like, "Oh, you're into meditation, sick." And then so um once a week he's offered to kind of pro bono do kind of guided meditation sessions with me. Okay. Um. After one of our PT sessions. Yeah. So we had one a couple of weeks ago, and it was actually really good. It's like it was like a Wednesday night. We worked out from like nine till ten p.m. Yeah. And then from ten till ten thirty. Um, he sort of played played some music. I sat down in this chair. Yeah, and he was sitting where you were sitting, and he, he was like, you know, close your eyes and just sort of just sort of talked to me through, kind of re- relaxing and doing yeah. a body scan, which is where you sort of become aware of every bit of your body. Mm. And afterwards, I felt like very much at peace. Really? Yeah. It was it was it was a weird kind of feel. It it wasn't like a sort of completely game changing kind of feeling. Yeah, it wasn't like mental. Yeah. But it was it was definitely a feeling of being calm, at peace, yeah. a feeling of calm, yeah. serenity. Yeah. And he was like. Yeah, he, he. I think he sort of knew what I was feeling because he was like, "Don't worry, don't say anything. I'm gonna leave. Yeah. You have a good night. Take your time. Get up slowly. Drink some water. Yeah, kind of thing." And I felt like I was almost floating in this sort of floating on a almost like cloud of peace and serenity as I was kind of brushing my teeth and That's drinking good. some water, and then when I went to bed. Yeah. And so we're gonna do another one next week. Um, did you after, ha- Did you like sleep session. pretty nicely or anything? I sleep pretty well normally, so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice any any difference in the sleep. But I just felt this sense of like, yeah like groundedness and peace and stuff which was weird because i and i hadn't had that but i i guess this this was 20 minutes long which yeah. is long the probably the longest i've ever tried to actively meditate yeah um yeah it's pretty solid pretty solid stuff 20 minutes is a long time it, it didn't feel it didn't feel that long at all really yeah was it like a i'm going to try and not think about anything meditation or what was it it was a you know focus on your breath uh okay. focus on whatever I, I i can't even remember what it was but it yeah. was just lots of like focus on your breath as you breathe in you breathe out relax yeah. that kind of thing yeah there seemed to be different thingies of like one of our mutual friends went on a 10 uh, day silent meditation retreat like vipassana meditation yeah and like which is a very specific style there's also like transcendental meditation there's all these different ways yeah, of yeah, it. yeah. um the guy in the surrender experiment talks about this other specific one that he f- discovered through some yoga nanda guy mm. Um, which involves saying oh, really? <laughs> he says in the audiobook it's quite good yeah. uh, repeatedly and then this, this this other master chap called Baba comes along yeah. and visits and Baba has like a different like mantra that he Baba, uses yeah. um, and then Baba gives him one of these sort of like ridiculously out of this world experiences where he just sort of touches him his head and suddenly he feels like he's yeah. just transported out of his body oh, wow. and he's like oh my god yeah, this guy's yeah, yeah. proper legit and it has yeah. that, that feeling of like as soon yeah. as he walks into the room you could, as soon as Baba walks into the room you can feel the presence yeah. and everyone's just like enthralled because yeah. they can all feel the presence yeah, and there's yeah, like yeah. an energy in the room and yeah. it's like this 
again, I, a part of me just wants to dismiss all this as being BS. But yeah. so many people from so many different like yeah, religions yeah, yeah. and cultures and yeah. traditions and non-religious cultures and traditions have described this kind of experience. Yeah. That, that there's like, there's something there. It's just yeah. like, yeah, understanding what it is and what the deal is. Yeah, man. I really want that too. Let me know if you find a sage. Yeah. If I find a guru. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends actually had this guru guy, but they, he died a few years ago before I met this friend. Yeah. Yeah, but it was quite transformative for the friend. Mm. Yeah. So, and yeah, I need to find another group. Yeah. What's, so, in, in Islam, what's the deal with all the spirituality stuff? Is it, uh, my, my understanding is that it's all like Sufism me vibes. Yeah. So, my, yeah, from my understanding, the, the more like uh, spiritual, mystical, leaning uh, side of Islam is known as Sufism. That's your understanding. <laughs> that, well, that, yeah. That, <laughs> okay, that, cool, fair that's, enough. That's my understanding. Because that was my understanding as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they, you know, people, People who are into that side of things will, yeah, do certain like activities to try and like chanting and singing and stuff. Yeah, things like chanting, singing, you know, this kind of stuff in like a group. Yeah. Um, even some like dancing. I think you know. Yeah. There's, there's, sort of there's a range a lot of different practices. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So there's a there's a range of practices. Um, but yeah, as like a means to get closer to God, mm. you know, like glorifying god and the prophet and all this kind of stuff basically um so yeah i mean i have very basic level of knowledge about this i don't yeah mm, fair um so if anyone's listening to listening to this and has any recommendations uh for what tame and i tame and i can use to start dipping more than our than just our toes into the spiritual path spiritual waters uh do you leave a comment on the youtube video uh for this this episode please that would be lovely and we'll take a look at the stuff. But yeah, I want, I want to explore more of this Michael, whatever his name is. Michael, can't remember. Hmm. But yeah, sick. Surrender experiment. And then the untethered soul is going to be next. Yeah, so with so the whole kind of meditation thing, what do you see as like the end goal? It's like, um, yeah. are you chasing the, like, the peaceful feeling? What are you mm. like? So to, are you chasing? to quote Alan Watts <laughs> yeah. on this topic, meditation is the only activity in the world that's done Without an end goal. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the only thing that you do purely for the sake of doing the thing. Allegedly. Okay, but right now you're not meditating and you want to meditate. So, Correct. yeah. What is your goal? Okay, fine. <laughs> you got me. Um, <laughs> right now, my goal is to understand what people are talking about when they say they have a transcendental experience. Yeah. Or when they say that they feel that that voice in their head has been silenced or that voice yeah. in their head is they've dissociated from the self. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think very occasionally, oh, you know, a couple calls the a couple calls these glimpses with a capital G. Yeah. Very, very occasionally when I'm reading the right sort of book. Yeah. Or then I, I will have like, or like even even earlier today while I was listening to Surrender Experiment as, as I was walking walking to the studio, I had a bit of a glimpse of this sort of feeling of, Hey, the the self is not a thing, and I'm actually one with like mm. the rest of the world or something for like literally a millisecond. Right, right. And then sort of snapped straight back into my usual egoic, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. egoic self. Yeah. And so I kind of, having listened to a bunch of podcasts and read a bunch of books about this, know what that thing is that people are describing. Mm. But I wouldn't say I've ever experienced it. Okay. And yeah. so partly. You know, if psychedelics get you to the top of the mountain, meditation is like the slow way up the mountain. Yeah, sure, sure. And but obviously, if it seems ideal to try and get to get get to those sorts of states yeah. without um without needing drugs, right? Yeah. So yeah, because because drugs are bad. Yes, 
Because drugs bad. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's that's the goal for now. Okay. Um, just sort of to, to yeah to explore more around that side yeah, of life and understand more about it and see what what the yeah. hell is going on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like why is yeah th- these things have been around for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. But then I think like there's other things that have been around for like you know traditional Chinese medicine has been around for thousands of years and it's still practiced to this day and there are still TCM practitioners all around the world. Okay. And it's like the medical profession would look on TCM as being like a bit. Like sort of bordering on quackery. Does it have, does it produce results? I I mean, people would say, well, there's when 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 they do double blinded placebo controlled trials of this kind of stuff. I mean, there are some things that we know that are that do work, like the bark of the whatever willow tree that produces the acid that's in aspirin is like okay, yeah. is obviously going to work. But other stuff, it's like. There's a bunch of like herbs and a bunch of spices that allegedly cure cure various things. I, d- I don't know much about this, but I just yeah. know that in mainstream medical profession, it's sort of looked down on as being alternative medicine slash quackery yeah. type stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's been around for a long time and people swear by it. And it's so Lindy, clearly, mate. It's Lindy. There's clearly something there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like once I feel like a lot of these things are somewhat adjacent in yeah. their the fact that Western scientific method mm. has not quite figured out what's going on here. Yeah. And therefore, as a productivity bro, yeah. it's easy to dismiss these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it also seems like sort of the extreme productivity bros are also the burning man kind of... Yeah, and it, yeah. So it's almost like this this loop. Oh, I, sp- I spent some time watching the Alex Jones coverage. Oh, yeah. What's going on with that? I keep I've seen the memes. Oh, there's memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice. There's, a, there's, a, there's The meme is like a picture of him just like turning around like that and like just kind of like being like wait what's what is this kind of thing and yeah you know, people do different captions <laughs> so what's the deal um okay so do you know who alex jones is i know he's this like conspiracy theory kind of guy yeah so i thought he was just some like young kid i because I, i'd never seen like what he looked like up until this like literally earlier today yeah when i saw all the the, the trial stuff coming out i was like oh wow this, this is old like kind of old kind of fat man okay um, yeah kind of vibes yeah but he's sort of uh, and i think rogan had him on like once on his pod and loads of people wanted to cancel rogan for that oh really um and then this this chap was on youtube but then i think youtube sort of canceled him and took him off the platform or something okay and that was like a big thing a few years ago but anyway there was this um sandy hook school shooting yeah, yeah. in america the sandy hook massacre and alex jones and I, th- I, th- I can't remember what year this was but it was sort of five plus years ago i think um Alex Jones basically was like, yeah, it's all a bit of a hoax. And the parents who are crying about the dead kids are all like actresses and actors. Wow. And, so, and it's all fake news. Yeah. And um, he would talk about this openly on the internet. And yeah. it's just like, it's it's pretty freaking insane. Like seeing seeing the footage where he's being like, he's like sort of making fun of these parents and like uh, sort of yeah. doing bits do you where think he's he, like. Do you think he's, it's an act? Or do you think he like buys it? I think his his thing is his he's basically said that every major thing that's happened in the last sort of decade is a conspiracy theory. Okay. And then as he drinks his own Kool-Aid, I suspect, and as his fans tell him that he's like the best person in the world. Yeah. He starts to buy into this and becomes more and more and more and more extreme. Okay. Because then that's just the kind of guy that he is. But anyway, so um parents of these these kids who died uh sued him for defamation. Um, yeah. Because uh, the stuff he was saying was leading, and his fans were like going after the parents. He like leaked their addresses, and they yeah. would like go. And one of them, one of the families, had to move house seven times, and were now in hiding because Alex Jones fans were just like 
coming after them wherever they lived. It's just completely insane. What the hell? It's like it's like hard to believe that this shit actually happens in real life. Okay. Um, and then this 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 chap. So they all they they sued him, and then there's this sort of discovery phase where he's supposed to hand over like documents and stuff, and he never responded to that. And then the courts were like, "You like you can't just not respond to this. Like you, you know you're being sued, so you have to actually give us documents." Yeah. He didn't respond to that. So eventually, he lost that case by default he defaulted the judgment which like never happens like so the judge the lawyers were like yeah this is like a unicorn like it's literally not a thing but he was just like so in contempt of court that he did he, he lost the defamation case by default and therefore he is by definition guilty um and then wow. the only thing that was remaining was how much like what the damages amount was going to be yeah so he can't now dispute that he's actually guilty of this thing he lost by default <laughs> by virtue of not showing up wait how long did he not show up oh years oh uh, yeah like he didn't he didn't hand over documents for years <laughs> i love it i love it you gotta respect that come on look um and so the, par- <laughs> the, the, the parents are going for like 150 million dollars in damages and so now the case that's happening is that uh it's basically trying to argue how much that amount of damages should be but crucially, there's this like banger moment from the trial. My mate Devin, who runs a YouTube channel called Legal Eagle, has like some sick videos like breaking this down. There are sort of okay. million, two million views in like two days where he's just sort of, as a lawyer, yeah. is breaking down and showing the footage. Because this is a kind of cool thing about that American they like, like they they, they televise yeah oh yeah, that, yeah you know yeah, the, the, the Johnny videos. and Amber stuff yeah, yeah, yeah seems to be televised on a live stream YouTube channel yeah what the hell <laughs> yeah also the FBI seemed to have a YouTube channel where they were going to unbox Trump's stuff from the raid oh, really? I don't know if you heard about this no I yeah I don't, I, I don't know how much of, how much fake news this was but apparently yeah. the FBI were going to unbox unboxing it yeah on YouTube <laughs> wow um, but anyway that's a side note so the, there was this moment in the trial where um, the uh, prosecutions or whatever the, the plaintiff, like, I don't know what the word is, but the, the, the prosecution's lawyer had Alex Jones on the stand yeah. and was like, hey, so you so you testified that you gave us all of the text messages you had relating to the Sandy Hook massacre. And he was like, yes. And you were like, and you and you sure you didn't have any more? And he was yeah. like, yeah. He was like, are you, are you, are you like really sure about that? Yeah. And like, he was like, yeah. And he was like, all right, I want to show you this. What is this? And he's like, shit, it's a text message talking about the Sandy, Sandy Hook massacre where he, he basically sort of talks to one of his mates about it. And then he's like, huh. What's going on? And then, and then Alex Jones is like, shit, because how did how did this guy get hold of yeah. this like text message? And then the guy, the lawyer, sort of tees him up and is like activates all the trap cards. Oh yeah. And he basically t- turns out that um, Alex's lawyers had accidentally sent a Dropbox link to the prosecution <laughs> containing three hundred gigabytes of like text messages that had been on Alex's phone for the last like two three years. Yeah. This was all stuff that they were actively hiding from the prosecution pretending they didn't have any of this data. Oh, wow. Um, which is like illegal itself yeah, because yeah. you have to hand over the relevant documents. Okay. And one of the lawyers is uh, paralegals or something accidentally sent a Dropbox link over. Mm-hmm. And then the the prosecution lawyer replied immediately being like, um, looks like this was sent an error. Um, mm. And the guy, the the, the lawyer replied, oh yeah, please please uh, did disregard this. Yeah. And then didn't really do anything with it. Um, and now there's, the, there's this whole thing where the, where the lawyer has then been like, sorry, you know, they, they you know, it was, it was their fault. Like they knew that this was sent in error and like, <laughs> I told them to disregard it and they didn't, and they didn't delete the files. And the guy's like, bro, um, you know, if, if you, if you wanted us to not have this, you would have had to file this, 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 and this. And therefore like, yeah. given that you didn't object to it, it's like, we're going to use the, we're going to use the material. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and then the guy's like, no judge, sorry, we want a mistrial. Like this is unfair. Yeah. It's yeah. like, we accidentally gave him the link and, yeah. and the judge yeah. is like, look, 
you, you should have given it to them three years ago. I'm not going to stand for this. Yeah. And so this was like the ultimate, you've activated my trap card yeah. moment where Alex Jones's lawyers accidentally sent it to the Fox League, completely <laughs> yeah. destroys him. <laughs> and so now all of the media uproar is could be like, this is just, it's kind of funny. Oh my God. Because I think that if ever sense. there were like a villain. Yeah. It's like with the Johnny, Her- Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, it's like, even though the internet seemed to be against Amber Heard. Yeah. It's like, Compared to the amount of the amount of people hate Alex Jones, it's like <laughs> yeah, not yeah. even comparable. <laughs> um, this is a guy we can all get, get behind. <laughs> we can all get behind this <laughs> yeah. guy's this guy's a total twat. Um, but yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I, I'd heard I saw something on Twitter about like his lawyer sending the text messages. Yeah. And I, I couldn't quite piece together the story. Yeah, legally, I, I, mate, I spent half an hour in bed watching videos about this. this really? <laughs> yeah, it's sick. Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> Legal Eagle has, like, fantastic coverage of this. Okay, I'll start poking around Alex Jones. Because I've just seen him face so many times on the memes. You can't, <laughs> you can't help but like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just looks so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, Alex. So I, I found the graph. Oh, yeah. I found it by going through a guy's likes. Who I thought, this guy's definitely like this. <laughs> who, who is it? Uh, really it's a guy called Nick Camerata. Oh, okay. You found the graph. What is rat. Okay, so on the y-axis, it is, oh, I think this is from uh, Astral Codex. Um, the y-axis is a vulnerability to woo. And on the x-axis is intellectual sophistication. So look... This is clearly <laughs> right. cancelable. Yeah. No, no, not not cancelable, but like, all right. So on the, on the x-axis, the le- the least intellectual sophistication is normal people with common sense, okay, and low vulnerability to woo, okay. okay. And then as you get a bit more intellectually sophisticated, as you get to Midwit Mountain, your vulnerab- vulnerability to woo increases. I'm sure I agree with this. Mm. I feel like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel and like anyway, it's more like a bell curve. Yeah, yeah, well, and then it kind of goes down again, and then the next step is the atheist scientific materialists. Materialists, not in the sense of like liking designer brands, but in the sense of like not believing that there's anything outside of the, the physical world. There's no, you know, there's there's only physical matter, a spiritual or, co- or uh, a cognitive realm. Yeah. Um, so. Then, uh, you know, after you graduate from Midwit Mountain, you become an atheist scientific materialist, and then you have very low vulnerability to woo. And then the evolution past that is you become a post-rationalist, and then you have, like, really high vulnerability to woo. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I think a lot of, like, um, post, post-rat Twitter... Post-rat? Post-rationalist. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, a lot of people are getting into this kind of stuff. And, like, on the on the extreme end... And this guy, like Nick Camerata, is on the extreme end. Yeah, it's basically getting into this kind of territory of like, um, we are all one. Like, yeah, like really just, yeah, it, it, it seems like materialism has kind of been in the water for a while. Mm. And I think that it, it seems intuitive to most people today. Right. Um, the, this, this idea that like, um, there's nothing outside of the physical realm. Um, and it's, it seems like the people on the extreme end of like this pipeline are actually becoming very like anti-materialist after like having gone through that. So I think we we may be in for a correction Mm. where maybe, I don't know, maybe like 20 years from now or something, um, the what what would seem intuitive is like not not materialism or something okay yeah let's talk about that in another episode because yeah this guy this nick guy look i might be wrong so sorry if like anyone listening 
uh, sorry if Nick is listening or anyone who knows him is listening. The impression I get is that in the past like one to two years, maybe two to three years or something, this guy's gotten super into like the meditation thing. You know, he's a, he's like an AI researcher as a as a job and stuff. Of course he is. And um, super into like meditation. Says the word qualia a lot. And he did some tweets basically saying like, look, the the more I like go down this rabbit hole, the, the more the case for there being immaterial, you know, some immaterial stuff, the more that just becomes like abundantly clear or something. Mm. And like, this is a very like, yeah, I, I think, I think I get the impression he has gone through that pipeline of being like a, a scientist, not in the sense of like practicing science, but in, in the sense of like a believer in scientism. Um, that like scientific method is you know, the only way of like getting knowledge and empirical data, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, I, f- I feel like he's gone through that. I-, I feel like he tweeted some stuff around like some like scientific, you know, angle that provides in his in his view like really strong uh, like strong evidence that like there is there is the immaterial. So it's something like that. So I'll I'll dig up the tweets. My view so far has been like this guy seems a bit extreme like he's always going on about like qualia and how like the hell is qualia yeah i don't know <laughs> oh, right, okay. uh it's just like it's like a a unit of experience or something okay it's just like yeah fine ability to experience in the abstract <laughs> good <laughs> And he feel yeah, I think like his he seems to have made his life goal to like he's like, wow, like why is everyone not trying to find some technology that can just like drip feed us qualia or something, you know, just like sure. yeah, this kind of thing. Um how do we go on to this? Oh yeah, the the woo stuff. Anyway, yeah, so I I think there's a clear resurgence of like woo stuff like spirituality and and all this kind of thing even within the extreme like rationalist scientific community there do seem Mm. to be like there does seem to be an uprise nice um yeah we really had better wrap up there yes um thank you everyone for listening almost midnight uh we'll uh, we'll see you next time see you next time bye bye that's it for another episode of not overthinking thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode we'd love for you to leave a review for us over at apple Podcasts. that'll be linked in the video description or in the show notes and we do often read reviews at the end of each episode if you'd like to hear yours read out also in case you didn't know we also have a youtube channel where we post videos of the podcast so if you'd like to see us Uh, and not just hear us you can check us out on our youtube channel and feel free to connect with us over at twitter all of the various details including the podcast twitter account and overthinking and our personal twitter accounts will be in the video description and in the show notes thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time